thought you knew, but you have no idea. It's the Urban Sports Scene. You are listening to the Urban Sports Scene with myself, Wole. Will T. Ray Jeezy's out, man. It's voting Tuesday, man. It's election Tuesday. So you know what's on and popping. You know the urban sports scene is part of Sports Journey. Make sure you check us out at sportsjourney.com. Uh, you'll find all kinds of sports content, especially for your DMV sports teams. Um, also, subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. Just search the urban sports scene. Uh, tweet us at urban sports scene and hit us up on our urban sports scene Facebook page. Also, join our urban sports scene facebook group uh, search urban sports scene sports bloggers sports podcasters and sports debates i know you all are excited about you know election tuesday i just want to make sure i got you all get a little break with sports content you know to keep your mind off things while you're looking at the projections and seeing what's seeing what's going on in some of these states what's going on but what's going on will t Nothing much, man. How you doing, sir? I'm good, man. You know, it's Election Tuesday. A lot of people are excited. They've been waiting for this day. Yeah, they have been. But hopefully for the next hour, we can give people a little reprieve reprieve, yeah. uh, away from, you know, the election talk and any tension they're feeling or mm-hmm. any anticipation or anything, you know. So let's just talk some sports. I know, man. That's the goal, man. Hey, we'll see. Let's get into our tradition, the pregame. Here's what we have on tap. Uh, the watch, We'll talk about the Washington football team's upcoming game against the New York Giants. At 820, we'll talk about Washington's defensive end, Ryan Kerrigan, reportedly asking him to be traded. At 830, Washington Wizards, and, excuse me, Washington Wizards guard Bradley Bills comments on the old man and the three podcast with J.J. Reddick and Tommy Alter. Finally, we'll talk about Javante Tank Davis knocking out Leo Santa Cruz to become the excuse me to, excuse me, to become the WBA Super Featherweight Champ. Uh, but first, the Washington Football Team takes on the New York Giants Sunday. After watching Monday night's um, game, uh, excuse me, after watching the Giants compete against the Buccaneers on Monday night, should Washington fans really feel confident for a victory over the Giants? Uh, no, I, I, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Just simply because, um, this Washington offense, we've shown it, it's a proven fact throughout the season that this Washington offense can't generate a lot of yardage mm-hmm. in the passing game or the run game consistently, particularly in the run game. Um, so what you have is you have, uh, Washington's offense and the Giants offense and if Quite frankly, if you ask me to just line each, you know, at the skill position, I would have to go that I would have to say that the Giants have a an advantage, especially yeah. at, the, at the wide receiver position and tight end at the tight end position. Yeah. Um, as far as quarterback play, look, I think Kyle Allen is uh, mediocre. Yeah. Mediocre quarterback. Mm-hmm. And we know that Daniel Jones turns the ball over, but. He showed yesterday evening against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that he can make some plays when that Giants team back is against the wall. Yeah, I, I, that's the thing. Like, you, when you match up Washington's offense compared to the Giants' offense, you're right. I think, to me, the Giants have the, they have the advantage. You have 
you know, Ingram at tight end. You have um, uh, Shepard um, at wide receiver. You have um, um, Slayton. Golden Tate. Golden Tate. Uh, you know what I mean? So they have weapons on the offensive side of the football. And the thing about uh, Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones, he's not consistent. He's a very, he's very erratic. But we've seen this throughout the whole season. The dude does make plays. I mean, he's had some big runs in terms of being a mobile quarterback. And like you said, you know, even though, you know, it was like it was off and on, off and on, a lot, a lot of erratic play. But down the stretch, he did make a big pass uh, to Golden Tate. To you know, to give them the opportunity to, to almost tie that foot, to almost tie that football game, if they get a two point conversion, they tie it. So they make plays. I don't think this is a game. A lot of fans before this, before this, before the outcome of Monday night, a lot of people were talking about, yo, this is an opportunity to you know to to go three and five, you know, or if they had won in the Mel Lions earlier, this team could have an opportunity to play to be four um to be five hundred. But when you look at what the Giants have done throughout this season, they've competed. You know, people don't want to talk about it, but they competed in most of the games they've been in. Um, other than probably Pittsburgh, um, Pittsburgh blew them out, but they competed against the Rams. Uh, you saw what they did with the, with Tampa Bay, a team that everybody thought was a Super Bowl contender. They've competed. Now, you know, Washington is probably Washington's one of the easier teams they've seen this season, and they they um, they feel the same way. They feel like you know what, we can get right by playing Washington, just like Washington fans feel this feel the same way. But the, but if we're being real and being honest, we're not being fans. Yo, after what you saw against Tampa, how can you feel that? Hey, this is gonna be a cake. This is gonna be a cupcake uh, of a game for the Washington Football Team. I, I totally agree with you, um, especially if you look at what the Giants front seven they were able to get to Tom Brady, mm-hmm. right? And on those downs where they were able to sack Tom Brady, more often than not, those were coverage sacks. Yes, mm-hmm. right. There were sacks where, you know, either they were in a man-to-man or zone defense, and they matched up against those uh, Tampa Bay wide receivers very well. So that doesn't lend, to me, that just doesn't lend a lot of confidence um, coming into Sunday, knowing what Washington has at wide receiver, what they have specifically in Terry McCullough. McLaurin. McLaurin. Terry McLaurin, Mm -hmm. um, who is essentially Washington's, passing offense yeah right definitely fast him and logan thomas so if they're able to take away terry McLaurin, like they did um you know in certain instances uh, evans. evans and scotty miller and then you know they were able to hold um relative they were outside of the one touchdown that grunk caught they were able to contain grunk yeah, this it just doesn't bode well for Washington this Sunday, in I, my I, opinion. I mean, when you look at it, because you see, I mean, they're all valid points. I mean, this the Tampa has a bunch of weapons, right? Washington doesn't have weapons, but like you said, they held it down. Like they held Tampa with with all the talent that Tampa does have, they held it down. Tampa was scoring thirty points. Uh, I think they were averaging about thirty points or a little bit over thirty points over the last some odd games. So they've been a team that scores. You know, scores often, and, and you can tell like Brady didn't. Lady Brady looked pedestrian in that game. You know what I mean? Like obviously Daniel Jones gave him opportunities to kind of to get right with the turnovers, but Brady wasn't Brady. He wasn't special, but he still was. He you know he they had more talent. You give that team a short field with with Gronk, with Mike Evans, um, like you meant Scotty Miller. Um, you know, you, you, the list goes on and on. This team is super talented. I'm thinking of the, 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 the they have a wide receiver from Penn State too. Um, Mickens, not Mickens, is the other kid. Um, he, I, I don't know if he played. 
he played slot for them. Oh God. Uh, we'll we'll look it up. But but like this team, they're they're deep, and then when you look at like they're deep offensively, and Washington doesn't have that many weapons. And when you're looking at Scary Terry, that's just a guy. That's one guy. You know, he's he's played he's played at a high level this year, but that's one guy. And I see the Giants will. It's easy, it's going to be an easier matchup for the Giants to say, okay, we got to focus on McLaurin. Let's take him out. You know what I mean? And this team is not like the Dallas Cowboys. Like this team, speaking of the Giants, they they are able to stop the run. They are able to give you friction when uh, you're trying to run the football. You were talking about, you were referring to Chris Godwin. Yeah, Godwin. Thank Godwin. you. Godwin, yeah. yeah. Who is a beast. Yeah. Godwin is a beast. So, and, and, you know what I mean? So, they're, they, they, they have weapons. Like, Tampa has a bunch of weapons. And the Giants were able to stay in that game. And so... Yeah, if, if I'm a Washington fan, I don't feel comfortable, to be honest with you. I'm not comfortable. And I am a Washington fan, but I'm not comfortable. I look at that game, I'm like, this team already beat you? They just, I mean, I know there's no moral victories in a loss. But <laughs> you know what I mean? But if I'm, if I'm the Giants, I'm like, yo, we, you, you all had Tampa going to the bowl. And we we should have beat them. And now we got Washington? Oh, we should. If we play the same way, Washington ain't going to hang with us. I totally agree with yeah, you. Yeah, so um, I think Washington has the I have I think fans need to chill out when they look at these schedules. Again, you got to know who your team is and what your team is about. A lot of times when we watch, you know, because you're a homer and you see a you see the team's record and you just assume or you think like this team is better. You know, this team this like your team should beat that team. But look at how your team is actually playing and look what they've done. You know, against common opponents or within that schedule and who, what they've done it within that schedule. Cause I vote, we said this will on prior shows, like when this team plays this season and it's just, a, it's a, it's the record. It says what it is, it is what it is. When they play a team that's playing, that's over 500, they get blown out. They don't compete. Well, the giants have competed against teams that are over 500. Um, this team against a, 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 a mobile with a mobile, against a mobile quarterback, they struggled, struggled. Throughout the season against mobile quarterbacks, Daniel Jones is a mobile quarterback. So this matchup isn't the best matchup in the world, but it's a, it is a game that is winnable in the aspect of you know something. Some of these games are coming down the pike. Like yeah, if you look at this Giants game, yeah, it's winnable. You know, especially if you get your defense to step up, which they did in the, in the Meadowlands. Like they played, they played well enough to win the football game, but they did give up big plays at the same time. But I I think that is where. This team has the distinct advantage. Yeah. Um, Washington, their defensive line against the Giants' offensive line, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, that watch that that Washington front four, we know has been has shown flashes of being a terror. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Ron Payne and Montez Sweat and Chase Young and Ryan Kerrigan, Jonathan Allen, right? Jonathan Allen <laughs> mm-hmm. also. Um. They've shown that they can be a terror in spurts. Right? Yeah, agreed. Um, against Philadelphia, the first game of the season, that's probably the most complete game that they've been dominant up front on their with their defensive front. Four. Yeah, agreed. So the question is, can they give that same level of energy and effort this Sunday against the Giants, against a offensive line that 
let's just be frank, is inferior to the talent that Washington has on their defensive line. Yeah, that's the matchup. That's the matchup that's going to tell you what's going to happen in this game. That's going to tell you if Washington wins the football game or loses the, the football game. They just can't be good, right? I think we're both thinking the same thing. They got to be dominant. They got to do what they did against the Eagles, and they got to do what they did against the Cowboys. They got to dominate. They got to take advantage of every situation because against the Giants, um, when they played them in, up in New York, uh, that offensive line wasn't great either. But they didn't. They didn't dominate that game. They just. They didn't dominate the game against the Giants. Now you got an opportunity. You have all your guns in terms of that. In terms of your, the um, in terms of the front four, you're not going to have Matt, Matt Ioannidis, but you're going to have enough guns to, to, to do work. You're going to have Chase Young and Montez Sweat in that game healthy. So you're going to have, you're going to see, all right, can these two dudes dominate? And we don't want to, and I think if you're, if you're a Washington football team fan, you don't want to see, like you want to, excuse me, you want to see this, this front dominate the Giants. You don't want to see, see this front do what they like, like we don't want the excuse to say, okay, this team can only dominate, uh, injured offensive linemen you know what i'm saying like or replacements like you've seen that with the eagles and you saw that with the dallas cowboys like they dominated an offensive both of those offensive lines but they weren't healthy and they were playing with replacements you want them to be playing against a giants team where daniel jones gets sacked a lot typically you want to see them actually put their put their foot on a pedal and sack him and dominate this game because they dominate the game. They have a great chance of winning. If they don't dominate, if they just play good, they have a great chance of losing that football game. Speaking of the Giants, I'm just thinking about it. I can't think of a team in recent history that's picked in the top ten within you know a five year span has gotten less from that top ten talent than the Giants have over. Um, when you think of Andrew Thomas, their offensive tackle. Mm-hmm. Drafted in 2020, who's played all right. Yeah, you know, not, not a world beater, beater number but, four overall. Yeah, uh, Saquon Barkley, who was the number two pick, and I believe in 2017. He was a, a beast, though, right? We we, we are acknowledging he's a beast. He's, beast but, all right. he, he's a beast, but he's injured. Yeah, right? yeah, so okay. He's giving you the level of production that you thought he would give you consistently. Yeah, okay. And then Daniel Jones, who's coming into his second season, um, for I, I'm just going to be honest with you. At best, he looks like he could be one of those guys, and Ray will probably get mad at me. You know, like Matt Ryan, Alex Smith, Alex Smith. No, I, I wouldn't even say Matt Ryan. Okay. Matt Ryan is far better. <laughs> Matt, Matt Ryan is far better than anything to me that Daniel Jones could ever be. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, Daniel Jones looks like he'll the best he'll be is a guy. Yeah. You know, a uh, a middle of the pack quarterback somewhere between twelve to sixteen. If he if yeah. he's one of those quarterbacks, then you're if he if the if the Giants get play if he gets that level of play from them consistently, then they'll be lucky. Yeah. No, I, I think that like I actually you know what I kind of like I like Daniel Jones. I, I mean he's young. You know what we we've gone to this point in football where it's crazy. Like when we were young, like when we were younger watching football, and you saw a second year quarterback. You knew it was a it was a growing process, right? Like to become great, you had to go through some trials and tribulations. You had to kind of struggle before you kind of kind of felt yourself. When you look at Daniel Jones, I'm think I, I feel like he's going through the process. Um, yeah, yeah, he turns the football over, but like you said, against the against the Bucks, like he showed you that he can make plays. You know what I'm saying? Like when you see that, you just know, like, all right, if this guy's coached up correctly, and it's a process, and he learns from his mistakes, he could be. 
a solid NFL quarterback. Like he can I help get, you win football games. I get what you're saying. I totally understand what you're saying. But well, let's just be honest here, right? Yeah. Usually within the, the, the largest leap from mm-hmm. a progression standpoint is usually made from your first year to your second year. Um, yeah. Now, I know that he's in a, a new offense with Jason Garrett. Yeah. But there's just, you know, he just doesn't, it doesn't seem to me as if he has a feel in the pocket. Mm-hmm. One. Two, he turns the ball over too many interceptions, too yeah. many fumbles. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to be honest with you. You know, when we are, when we look back to our youth and we're evaluating those quarterbacks who had their struggles, those guys often didn't have any weapons. Yeah, he got right? weapons. Yeah, it's true. Daniel Jones has weapons. Yeah, he got some weapons. I'm not saying he has elite weapons. No, he has weapons. You can't, yeah, he, yeah, you can't tell me that uh, if, you know, Sterling Shepard, Golden Tate, mm-hmm. and uh, Slayton, mm-hmm. and Evan Ingram, those guys aren't slouches. Yeah, you had and you had Saquon. He still weren't doing anything. Um, yeah, like he has weapons. I, I agree. I just think that you know when you look at growth, there is some growth. But yeah, you, you would hope that you would hope for him to turn it on, you know, sooner rather than later. You know, but it's funny. Like the Giants are sticking with them. They're they're riding it out, trying to see what they can get out of them. Washington ain't doing. They ain't do that with Dwayne. <laughs> I mean, that's that. Look, that's the difference between an organization that's really vested in the future and mm-hmm. the success yeah. of a quarterback versus an organization where you have a guy who's come in, and let's just be frank, he's brought everyone from North, from Carolina, yeah. from this old stomping ground to this one. So what makes you think that he isn't going to want to get his guy at quarterback in if he's shown that he's willing to, you know, get rid of everything that was here prior to him. Yeah. It doesn't meet his standards. Yeah. He hasn't put a seal of approval on mm-hmm. him. You can tell, obviously, it wasn't, a, it wasn't, Dwayne wasn't a guy he was fixated on. Uh, he wanted his, you know, he got, he got comfortable with his guys and he wanted, he wanted to see, you know, he wanted, he wanted to see his guy work within this offense. And, you know, he wasn't a believer in Dwayne. Well, I'm going to say he wasn't a believer in Dwayne. I think that's a little harsh, but, but when you're more comfortable with somebody and you have more relationship with another a guy that you you know you've seen grow in a prior in a prior setting or environment, the the the, the player that has been the person that has been established in a new environment that you're in, you don't have that type of leeway with because you're like you know what in the back of your mind there is a sense of biasness, right? I mean let's keep it a buck. There is a sense of biasness, so you're probably like, um, I think Kyle can do this. <laughs> I, 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 was not, I, I was just about to say the same thing. You, you, you hit on it, and the key word is bias. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. You have a bias. You've already formulated an opinion of a guy, and if a guy doesn't kind of supersede your yep. negative perception of him, yeah, then you're automatically going to say, you know what? Mm. I'm done with this guy. Let me go with my guy. Yeah. And if my guy isn't the long term answer. I'll draft my guy and I can put my stamp if I see a approval on him. Exactly. I think that's definitely what's happening. All right. Reportedly, Ryan Kerrigan wanted to be traded, but he's still on the roster. We'll talk about this after the break. You're listening to the Urban Sports Scene. For ages. Yeti. Deuces.
You are listening to the Urban Sports Scene with myself, Wole, Will T, Ray Jeezy's out. Now part, again, we're now part of Sports Journey. Make sure you check us out at sportsjourney.com. All right. It was reported that Washington football team's defensive end, Ryan Kerrigan, big-time sack leader, requested to be traded. Um, he's still on the roster. Did they make the right move by not by not tra- by, by not make by not trading him during the, the trade deadline? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tell him we'll see. I do not believe that they made the right move. Um, here's why: mm-hmm. your defensive line, your front four, that is a position of strength. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. You have depth there. Mm-hmm. Ryan Kerrigan, realistically, is a guy who just provides you depth mm-hmm. at this at this point of his career. Yeah. Uh, last game, I believe he only played seven snaps. Yeah. Um, prior to the bye week. Mm-hmm. So if you have a guy who, although you know, all-time sack leader, last year of his contract, looks like you have a youth movement going up front, but he seems as if he's a good character guy, good locker room guy. Mm-hmm. Why not get rid of him for something? A fourth or fifth round pick. Something. Why, we're and if, and yeah. if he still has a love for this Washington or Washington football team, he could always come. You can always sign him back as a free agent. Yeah, I, this is the, my my issue is that he asked to be if if it's the if it's if it's true he asked to be traded right. So chances are once he leaves once he's once the season's over he's going elsewhere. You know what I mean? Like so you're basically letting him go for nothing. If teams are interested in in him. And like you said, Will T, this, it's this position of strength. They already have two young bulls already. You trade them. You already got yeah, you but, trade them. <laughs> well, maybe and maybe this goes into the thinking of the front office. Maybe. Maybe they think, all right, let, let's get it, the compensatory pick for them. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Now, we don't know what the salary cap situation would be mm-hmm. for the league next year, but if Washington loses him and they don't sign back enough free agents, maybe Washington gets that third round compensatory tip pick and they're perfectly happy with that. Maybe Which I can understand, but I don't know, man. If you ask me if he's asking to be traded and if there was a fair, um, fair compensation fair value back from him, mm-hmm. compensation, trade compensation back for him, I would say, go ahead and do it. it you know, but, like I said, this information we aren't privy to. Mm-hmm. Maybe they didn't receive their compensation for him. That's yeah. why he's still here in Washington. Maybe because you know, but Ron Rivera was saying, you know, off the jump, like we're not trading him. And I mean, and if that's true, then I'm like, that's kind of foolish to me. Like you should let him go. You should trade him because at the end of the day, you can play your other. You got Nate Orchard who played with you last year, who did well. Who did well in when he, I believe he, when he came and spelled in for Ryan Kerrigan when Kerrigan went down. So you got Nate Orchard and you got, you got other young dudes that can, that can, could be good rot- rotationary guys. So it's not as, it's not, you don't need Ryan Kerrigan on the field often because you're really not even, like you said, Will, you're not really, it's not like you're seeing that many snaps anyway. You're, you're, you're pretty much featuring Chase Young and Montez Sweat. And they are producing. So to the, and at the end of the day, yeah, you may just want him, or you want him for the locker room. Okay, have him for the locker room. That's fine. But when you're looking at a rebuild, because this is still a rebuild, I don't care what they tell you. This is a rebuild. Why not? Why not stock up on picks? I don't care if it's a four fifth round pick. 
If it's a fifth round pick, okay, get the fifth round pick. Do something with it because it, it looks like he's going to leave anyway. Go ahead. It just doesn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. Right? It, yeah. it doesn't make sense to me when, you know, and I know things are fluid and they change often. But when you have a coach who's overseeing everything, he comes in and he says, this is going to be a learning year for us. Mm-hmm. Okay? If it's going to, in fact, be a learning year. Now, I understand that the vision is terrible. Yeah. That you realistically are not that far out from competing for the NSE's title. But if you're going to stay true to your vision of this being a learning year, trade him, get younger guys on yeah. the field, mm-hmm. coach those guys up. You have a pick. Um, I don't think, you know, Kyle Smith has done a pretty, Kyle Smith and Doug Williams, they've done a pretty good job with finding, finding you, some young guys. Value players yeah. in the draft they have. that you can coach up and you can develop, mm-hmm. especially in the later rounds. Yeah. So I don't understand why that isn't the direction that this team went in. Yeah, it should be. I, I, and I know a lot of people are sentimental when it comes to Ryan Kerrigan. Um, you know, he's a fan favorite. I get it. But when we just looking at business, I mean, football moves, right? You know, Bill Belichick wouldn't play. Bill Belichick would already trade him already. Bill ain't lord of that. Bill Bel- look, let's not forget Bill Belichick traded Richard Seymour. Yeah. For a first-round pick. Yeah. Richard Seymour so, at that time was a lead. sent him to the Raiders yeah. was a beast. Yes. Yeah, Bill Belichick will let you go, man. So don't, I don't, like, don't make it seem like if Bill can do it, this team can do it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like if Bill's won Super Bowls, man, if he can do it. Like, don't feel bad. Like, oh, man, we're going to let Ryan go. You know, he's like the heart and soul for the Washington football team. Could you imagine if he played in a 4-3 all of his life? Well, I'm telling you, he's, he's, he hasn't. So, it's don't stop. Don't bring it up. It's, it's, it's unfortunate, but he hasn't. And this team has this team has two dudes who are younger and spryer or fast off the edges that will get you more sacks at this point in their, at this point in their careers than compared to Ryan Kerrigan. So, no, nah, like don't. And the most, yeah, go, and the go. most important thing mm-hmm. is those two guys are under contract contracts, contracts ex- under control mm-hmm. for three to four more years. Yes. So, I think I mean so when you look at it, Ryan. I mean, if you look at it, I mean, Washington front office. I think you should you should let Ryan go. I think that would been the best play. But it is what it is. I know some of you fans are listening are like, no, nah, man, Ryan is Ryan the beast. This is good for the depth. You know, if, if one of those dudes go down. We got Ryan. I mean, does it really matter? It's again, it's still like again. Don't let don't let the don't let the smoke like you know blur your vision, man. It still is a rebuilding year. Don't forget that it's it is still a rebuilding year, regardless of what folks are trying to make are are saying to you within that uh, organization. Because you the, like you have you seen the talent on the field? It's rebuilding. There are players on the market that would help this team immensely, and they're not going to pick them up. So you know they're rebuilding. All right, it's Bill. Really committed to the Wizards? We'll discuss this after the break. You're listening to the Urban Sports Scene. The ages. You dig? Deuces.
Listening to the urban sports scene with Will T, myself, Wole, Ray Jeezy is out. Also, we are part of Sports Journey, so make sure you check us out at sportsjourney.com. On the Old Man and the and three and the three podcast with JJ Reddick and Tommy Alter, Washington Wizards shooting guard Bradley Bill talked about why he has a player option for the 2020 to 2023 season. Listen to the clip. Oh, my turn. Yeah. <laughs> Or the way free agency might turn out, um, but no, it, it, you know, you're. I think it's you're you're guaranteed for 2021, 2022, and then you got the mm-hmm. player option on in in the summer of 2022. Um, just yeah. walk me through that that sort of that sort of process and 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 that decision to 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 stay with the Wizards and to sort of set yourself up for that that la- that long term deal after year ten. Uh, it was more or less, um, you know, do I want to have something built around me, you know, and I had that opportunity to do it here or, or, you know, do I want to kind of test the waters, you know, and that's kind of what, what made me do so. But I signed my deal and kind of, you know, structured it to where I still have some flexibility because at the end of the day, I still want to win, you know, and the organization has to show me that we want to win. You know, I want to see what John's like as well. So we, we, you know, there's always going to be, you know, hope in, in that direction, but you still want to be able to protect yourself and, you know, kind of be selfish in that regard. And, you know, how can I, you know, create some type of flexibility for myself, you know, if, if you know, we aren't winning, you know, if I if I do choose to get out. So uh, that's why I was more or less a two-year with you know, one and one versus, you know, the full three-year. And so, and then on top of that, you know, the all NBA kind of screwed me too. And then, so the 10 year vet max as well, but you know, you just, just kind of trying to position myself, you know, later down the line, um, you know, with an organization that I have an opportunity to build around myself, but you know, at the same time, I want to win and they know that and they have to show that. All right. Will Bradley Bill had, so hold on. Let me actually, let me patch in. Will be smart to patch in. Will before I say a will, all right, now, all right, Will, Will, Will is now patched in. I apologize, folks. All right, Will, is sure. Bill truly committed 
to the Wizards after you heard the interview? Like, is he truly committed to this organization? I think he's committed to a certain point, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Your commitment to someone only goes so far. Facts. Your loyalty to, to people only goes so far, you know, up to a point where it inter- interferes with your your self-interest. Mm-hmm. So I do think Bradley Bill is committed. He wants to see how John Wall is going to come back. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, I think he wants to see how him and John Wall are going to play together. I think so, too. Um, mm-hmm. Next season, for these next two seasons, right? Mm-hmm. Because it was a totally different dynamic. It, this was clearly John Wall's team uh, about a year, you know, the the preceding two years Yeah. Um, prior to, you know, prior to John Wall getting injured. Now, Bradley Bill's a guy who averaged 30, also averaged six assists, mm-hmm. six rebounds. Even though he was snubbed as an all-star, he's probably saying, hey, I'm no longer just a sidekick. Yeah. I'm no longer just a guy who you um, get into the lane and try to find. I'm a guy who creates shots and creates offense for myself and others also. Mm-hmm. So how are we going to work this out? How is Scott Brooks going to create an offense with an ebb and flow where both of these guys get their touches? Yeah. Right. So, yeah. So th- this is the question I would have for you, too, because I think that th- those are all valid points. I think that's what he's really looking at to see how him and John, uh, John Wall will play together and how the, and s- to see what the dynamic will be. Right. That's the main thing. Like, what will the dynamic be? So say John Wall is a, is 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 healthy and you're getting the John Wall that helped lead this team to the postseason. Does he does that John Wall take a second seat to, to Bradley Bill? A 2010 guy. Yeah. Which is very rare in this league. <laughs> yeah. So here's the thing. Does John Wall still have the speed, mm-hmm. the endurance, and the ability to get to the bucket? Right? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. we've seen, and we've seen guys, and, and I don't want to say John Wall's game is built off athleticism because it isn't. Mm-hmm. It is. But. One of the components that makes him extremely special is his athleticism. Oh, my God. It's amazing. The size and his athleticism and his speed. So is he that same guy who can go 94 feet in a blink of an eye? Yeah. And gets to the bucket and still take those hits and then not take a toll on his body? Or is he? does he come back playing um, more of a, like, you know, like a guy like Tony Parker was, yeah. you know, during, after I say probably that first or second championship in San Antonio, mm-hmm. where guys couldn't go up under a screen anymore. Mm. John Wall is, is knocking down um, three pointers. John mm-hmm. Wall is knocking down pull-up jumpers consistently. Yeah. So it, it's going to be interesting. And i tell you what, man, um, I'm anticipating Adam Silver and the NBA, the NBA and the MBPA coming to agreement on potentially getting the season started around Christmas. Oh, I think it's going to happen. I think it's going to happen. It's going to happen in December. All this talk about players is too soon. It's going to happen in December. I mean, if you want a basketball season and a real basketball season, it does have to happen in December. Um, but back to like Wall, like to Wall, I've seen Wall's clips. I don't know if you've seen him online. Uh, some of his 
because um, he, he's been playing a lot of pickup game with Michael Beasley and company, actually. Um, and dude, I I don't like going on pickup game pickup games in terms of clips because they show you the best of the best, right? Um, but bruh, like his J look better. <laughs> like his J look well, better. You can tell he put work in it. That I will say. Yeah, you you played the clip of you know Bradley Bill with J JJ Reddick. Yeah. But also, John Wall had an interview with uh, Gil Gilbert Arena. Yeah, that was good. I saw that. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, with no the No Chill Gil yeah. podcast. Mm-hmm. And you know, he 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 talked about you know him going to California to play pickup games with Kyrie Irving, mm-hmm. Kevin Durant, and Michael Beasley, um, and saying specifically that during those pickup games, he came there to compete and he came there to get better. So mm-hmm. one of the things he's been consistently working on is his three-point shooting. Yeah. And you can see it. Yeah, you can see it. I will say, though, by watching the clips, it's hard to gauge it, but I don't think he's – I mean, I don't think he has the same speed because that speed was something totally different. Um, I don't think it's the same speed. But in terms of off the bounce, like the jumping off, yeah, he still got that. He still got lift. He still got lift. He can still – you can yeah, still, still – he still got lift. Yeah, and that was one of the concerns with him coming off of that uh, heel injury. Mm-hmm. That kept him out of um, the 2019-2020 season. It'll be interesting it to see the dynamic of how those guys play off of each other. And one thing I'm also curious to see is if Tommy Shepard in his front office can make a move for a big man who's coming off of an injury that played for the Lakers, a a championship uh caliber team and that the guy i'm re- referring to is demarcus Cousins. of course yeah i know <laughs> i know, you know it, that's wall's boy only, that's wall's boy yeah. so. those two are very tight mm-hmm. um john wall has a lot to prove demarcus cousin i'm sure feels as if he has a lot to prove so you know does he want to prove it by being the third or fourth leg in you know, for the Lakers, yeah. or does he say, Come yeah. "I want to let the league know I'm still a beast"? Yeah, and it's, he signs with Washington. It's a tough decision, right? That's a real tough. This offense, yeah, that's a real yeah. tough decision. Because uh, you know, obviously, you know, I, I would love for him to sign with the Lakers. Uh, that's I felt so bad for him when he had that that ACL injury. Guys thought that he was going to be able to have some type of impact with his team, and he is close with AD. So I thought they would, you know, be able to play together. Because I do think he's, a, I think I, I have faith. In, I have faith in Boogie Cousins. I think if he get an opportunity to get healthy, rest his body fully. Um, because again, we talked about this before on a pri- on prior shows that he's not predicated on, on athleticism. He's predicated on skill. Um, so he's a guy that should still be able to, to do what he was doing prior to the injury. That's just my belief. I think he's still capable of yep. doing it because he's a skilled basketball player. I think a lot of people get skill, when you, and he and on top of that skill, he's a player who knows how to use his, his an- angles and body. body. Yep, definitely. So he's a guy that I think that will still be able to. He'll still if you if he gets a chance, a fair chance, and minutes, he can still put up boogie like numbers. I put it that way. He can put up boogie like numbers. I I told if if John Wall can, you know, West can can can, can convince those in, those dudes to to sign Boogie. I think it would be, be it would be a steal. Like I I'm a firm believer that Boogie will will get comeback player of the year. Like he's that he's still he's he's that good of a talented basketball player. Um, yeah, but, and I don't know and I don't know the Wizards cap situation off the top of my head. I don't have it in front of me. Mm-hmm. But if you're able to sign. Davis Bertans for yeah. a reasonable contract. Yeah, 
and get Boogie Cousins. Oh my God, you 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 have an opportunity. Top, you 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 can, you're competing to be a top five team in the East. Yep, I agree. I told totally, I agree. And the thing, I do want I don't want to I don't want to skip over what you said because I think it's that this is the main thing. And I and I, I know I may sound a little redundant, but it's not that I think for Bill. It's more of, and it's this is something Scott Brooks is going to have to kind of. Scott Brooks, it's a, it's a coach. It's going to be a coach thing. It's going to be, yo, who am I? Who do I want to be my lead dog? Because we, we all know, like people say, we sharing responsibilities. But that's BS. You know, there's one lead dog. You know what I mean? Like when it's on the court, you can tell who's the lead dog. You know what I mean? Like when OKC was Russ, when Russ and Paul George, they said we both lead dogs. It was really Russ, regardless of what Paul George. It's, it was really Russ. Um, you know, like when you're on the court, one dude just shows out more. It just it is what it is. You know what I mean? That's the that's the dynamics of basketball. I, it's going to be interesting to see what Scott Brooks does with that situation because it sounds like, you know, Bradley Bill looks he's looking for this team to be built around him, and you know, but he does want to see what John Wall's at. But he wants to see how that relationship works on the court. Will Bradley will it be my team and John Wall? You know, just sets me up type of thing. Yep. You know, and that's what uh, I. So I'm interested, you know, mm-hmm. let's just be honest. This isn't the first time that Scott Brooks as a head coach has kind of faced this type of dynamic. Yeah. There you go. And okay. I see. Yep. Um, it didn't, you know, depending on who, what reports you listen to, mm-hmm. it necessarily didn't work out or it didn't reach its full potential mm-hmm. there. But it'd be interesting to see how he handles that and creates an offense or these two got these two I'm mean, Bradley Bill wasn't an all-star, but he should have been an all-star. Yeah. These two all-star level players to um to to work it to, to play in. Yeah. We'll see, man. We'll see. All right, man. Tank hit Santa Cruz with the meanest uppercut to become the WBA super featherweight champ. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the fight the fight after the break. You're listening to the Urban Sports Scene. For ages. You dig? Deuces.
You are listening to the Urban Sports Scene with Will T, myself, Wole, Ray Jeezy is out. We're also part of Sports Journey, so make sure you check us out. Check us out at sportsjourney.com. Saturday, Javante Tank Davis KO'd Leo Santa Cruz in the sixth round with a vicious uppercut to become the WBA Super Featherweight Champion. What were your thoughts on the fight, my man Will T? Um, I think Leo Santa Cruz gave away the one, gave away two of his best advantages coming into that fight. Mm. Um, one was his level, his output level of activity, mm. right? The amount of punches that Leo Santa Cruz historically has shown that he can throw mm. during a round and sustain that pace over 12 rounds. That's one. And two, he gave up. Um, now, I don't know if this for a fact, but it looked as if Leo Santa Cruz was a taller fighter. He looked like, yeah, he did. And he when, liked the taller fighter. He looked like it. Yeah. And when he was on, you know, so he, one, he gave up his reach from being able to fight on the outside, mm-hmm. which I think had he used would have been, uh, would have been to his advantage. And two, he gave up his height, right? Mm-hmm. When Leo Santa Cruz crouched over a lot when he was throwing punches, right? Yep. He didn't protect his chin. And, you know, Javante uh, Tank Davis caught him with a very vicious left uppercut. Oh, God. That, you know, um, yeah. I was actually scared. <laughs> Me too, bro. Me too, man. <laughs> I was with Al, and we watched it. I was like, oh, my God, man, move, bro. When I saw him breathing, I felt a little better, but I was like, move, man. Cause, yeah, once I saw, I, 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 cause me and you, we were texting back, yeah, back and forth, and mm. I was just like, man, I'm just happy that he got up on his own, you, you yeah, know, and didn't need medical help, um, to, 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 you know, to regain yeah. consciousness. Uh-huh. Yeah, just because we've seen, uh-huh. you know, over the past two years, um, some very dramatic mm-hmm. injuries in the ring from guys, you know, taking big punches. Yeah, it was scary, man. Um, it's I, I, it's I thought Leo, like I'm with you. Leo didn't throw enough, but I thought most of the rounds were very competitive. You know, I had it four. I did it before the knockdown. I had it four one uh, tank, and but even that was kind of blurred. You know what I'm saying? Because they were competitive rounds. It wasn't like dominating. You know, I just looked at it because you know tank throws. You know, he throws violent punches, <laughs> and like the punches that. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, Will T. No, go ahead. My my apologies. No, no, no. The punches that I saw, no, no, no you good. No, no, no. The punches that I saw, the the reason why I did that because I thought Tank threw the the punches that I felt like hurt more. But yeah, go ahead, continue. I'll even go as to, as far to say as up to a certain point in that six ring since six round prior to getting knocked out. Yeah. Um, Leo Santa Cruz was making the case to win that six round. I agree. I agree. <laughs> That's what got me. I and it's crazy. I actually th- I actually thought and maybe I got to go back and look at the fight again when it comes back on Saturday. Um I actually thought that um I thought Leo hurt uh Tank a couple times. I thought he was yeah, like kind of Yeah, I, I, right? I thought, he, I thought he hurt him. Yeah, okay. We're, oh, we're on the same page. I thought he hurt him for real. And then it was like, oh. And then I was thinking like, okay, if he gets him past, I, I, I know watching it, I was like thinking to myself, if he can get him to the eighth round, I think he can get him. Like I was thinking that. Like I, I think Leo can get, I think, I think Tank's going to tire out. I think Leo's going to get him. That's what I was thinking. I yeah, think it, he, go ahead, go ahead. 
No, go, no, go. no, I'm good. No, I'm good. That was it. Pretty much. That was it. Uh, yeah. Um, just to reiterate, you know, what you were saying, I was interested in seeing Leo, how the fight would potentially swing to Leo Santa Cruz's way as they went deeper into the fight, mm-hmm. as Leo Santa Cruz continued to wrap up his level of production with throwing and landing punches mm-hmm. against um, Gervonta Tank Davis. Right. And yeah. I was interested in seeing would Tank Davis's power be sustainable in those later rounds. But we didn't get to see any of that because we saw in the sixth round. He did what he's supposed to do. Left uppercut. <laughs> got him out of there. Yeah. And it was he slid to the he slid to the side and got him. So it was it, it was definitely the right play, man. Like, oh, all praise to Tank, man. Tank. He did a darn. He did a darn thing. You're listening to the urban sports scene. So after Tank's performance, do you see. A guy that could be a top five pound for pound. He could be top five on a pound for pound list. Uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting because, you know, that fight just wasn't for the lightweight title. Yes, it was for, it the, was for the lightweight and junior lightweight yeah. title. So Tank Davis is the junior lightweight and lightweight title. And he said that he didn't have any problems making weight. Yeah. You know, he went out to Las Vegas, trained that. Floyd Mayweather's uh, gym got his mind right. He he hired a chef, um, really put in. Um, he worked at a level that he hadn't prior to this fight. You know, he didn't have to go. He, you know, he came in, he made weight during the, you know, during the weigh in on the first try. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see if he will go between 130 and 135. And those potential challenges at 130 and 135, because there there are challenges for him. And if he, you know, steps up and takes those fights, he could potentially work his way up the pound for pound list. And he could be considered, you know, number, you know, in the top three, yeah. you know, depending on, you know, how. How he looks. A fight between uh, Errol Spence and Terrence Bud Crawford would go. Facts. It's it's like I don't know. Like to me, he's, he's a big one thirty. I think he's a, I think a, <laughs> um, he can dominate one thirty. He stayed at one thirty. One thirty five would be interesting because I'm just because one thirty. I think well, put let me put it this way. I think one thirty is good for him. I do think it's good for him in the aspect that if we start talking the whole, you know, when we start talking Devin Haney, we start talking about some of these other boxers that pack that have that have a bunch of power in their punch. Um, I think that could be a dangerous fight for for Tank because he doesn't. He's helped. I mean, obviously he has his own trainer from Baltimore. He's been loyal. That's been loyal to him and only trains him. But also you got Mayweather in your camp. But he don't block like Mayweather. He's very hittable. You know. <laughs> so it's yeah, like no, uh, look. Yeah. Floyd Mayweather and that shoulder roll. There are very few fighters who are as great as mm-hmm. Floyd Mayweather defensively. Right. Yeah. Um, but what Tank has that Floyd never had was that one that was punch, one hit a quitter knockout capability mm-hmm. that let's be frank, everyone in America loves, even casual fans love oh, when, God, a, yeah. when a fighter has that ability with a one punch to knock anyone out. Yeah, man. Um he got it. He definitely got it. So who so who would you want to see Tank fight next then? Would it be at one thirty? Would it be one thirty five? Would you want to see him at one thirty or one thirty five? I would love to see him at one thirty five. Okay. Um, 
you know, I, I don't think a Devin Haney fight is a fight that would be scheduled this, you know, at this junction of their career. Mm-hmm. You know, Javante Davis, he, you know, this is his first, that was his first um, pay-per-view fight. He's clearly established himself as a pay-per-view commodity. Yep. Um, you know, the names, of course, we would like to see him versus Tiafimo Lopez down yeah. the line. Of course. Um, a, a name that interests me that, and he stated that he plans on jumping weight is actually, I wouldn't call him a, I don't know if he's a friend of, I, I call him a friend of yeah, the show. Yeah, he's a friend of the show. Yeah, I know you're talking um, about. Gary Russell. Yeah, he's a friend of the show. That's a friend of the show. Mm-hmm. I, I would love to see a PG versus Baltimore fight featuring Tank Davis and Gary Russell Jr. But the only thing is, I want to see Gary Russell Jr. at 130. I think I think or that can happen at 135. Whichever, if he decides to jump up weight, yeah, I want to see him one or two fights at that weight before, before he fights. Before him, before he fights, two guys go at. So you want to see him fight before he gets a tank? It's a guy that yeah, no, I, yeah. I, I want to see how I want to see how he handles the weight. The, no, I get the, it. The weight. Yeah, I think it's fair. I think it's very fair to say. I want to see that fight. I think, and to be real with you. We all we can all tell that you know Gary wants a big fight. It's the same. It's just he just he's talking a lot, so he wants a big fight. Um, this is a, this is a duel. This is a fight that can happen if he truly wants it to happen in this aspect. Like Tank is pay per view now. Like you just said it right, Will T. He pay per view now. Yeah. So you're just going to have to. You may have to take less, bro. It, it is what it is. I know it. It is what it is. You know you gotta take um, it. I'm, yeah. Go ahead. Will. No. Go ahead. No. Go. Go. No, go. No, no. Uh, another fight I would like to see him, and I don't think this fight would happen, is him versus Brian Garcia. Oh, man. Yeah. See, I think, again, all right. So this is the thing. Tank, t- like, the shots that Leo was hitting him with, because Leo throw punches, and Leo don't have the power of Ryan that Ryan that Ryan Garcia has. And I don't even want to talk about t- uh, Tiafimo because I, I, I don't like that matchup for, for um, Tank. I don't. I really don't like that matchup for Tank. But we're looking at Ryan Garcia now. The, I think it's a, it's a, it would be an entertaining fight. But my thing about that is that they're both going to go. Like, they're going to go in the middle of the ring. And somebody going to get knocked out for real. Like, and I didn't – like I mentioned to you before, Will, like I thought that Leo was, was hurting him a little bit. And I don't think Leo's – to me, Leo's punching power ain't – it's okay. It's good. It's solid. It's not good. It's solid. It's nothing special. Now you get there with Ryan, and you take the if you t- if, if you if Ryan is hitting you with those same punches, I don't know if he's standing up. Like I don't know if he's standing up. I don't know either. Yeah. Um. But it's a. Uh, I don't know if it's a it's a fight that would be able to be made just because Ryan Garcia is on Golden Boy. Yeah. No. And Florida. <laughs> no. I, I, let's just be frank. Let's yeah, be real, know, right? Um, yeah. You know, um, there's some angst between Al Heyman, or I'm not going to even say there's angst between those two. Um, Oscar De La Hoya, uh, I believe, sued Al Heyman in the past. And you got Mayweather too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, then, then there's also the De La Hoya and Mayweather um, aspect of it, which I think that at that piece of it itself would help sell the fight. Oh yeah, man, it'd be it'd be great. 
I think it'll be an awesome fight. I think Ryan Garcia, I, that's the fight actually I would want to see the most, to be real with you. I mean, no, no, the most, the one, uh, no, PG Baltimore would be the, the, the first one. Ryan Garcia yeah, versus, because I think that has so much potential in terms of promotion. I think it does better for for the one, for this, for this region. And you can hype that element on a national scale. You know what I'm saying? Like you can play it. Like you can really make it work. You can make it happen to a point where now you're making it. You can project, you can have this pay-per-view by it could be something vicious, especially if you put a, 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 a good under uh, a good undercard with it. Bruh, you can make it a special, special fight. You can have it. At the, and, and, and to be real with you again, because who's holding more clout right now, you can put it in B-more. You can put it at the Royal Farms Arena and then let it go. You can just do See, that. I, I don't. I don't think you would put it in the Royal Farms. See, you would do I it at you MGM. You, Man. I think you, I think you would put it at the Barclays Center. Ooh, so you wouldn't have it in the area. I see. I you could have it in the area, but let's 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 look at the options. The mm-hmm. options would be uh, Capital One Arena. Oh, okay, right? yeah. okay, okay. Capital One Arena. Um, the MGM, which I don't think the MGM would be able to be fit enough, enough people. people. Who I agree. Yeah. The, the people who would want to come in, mm-hmm. see that fight, mm-hmm. or you would have it at the Royal Farms Arena in Baltimore, which, you know, I, I don't think that makes the best, um, entertainment. Yeah. Or entertainment weekend for people to, you Ooh. know, to come and see, to see the fight. Mm. This is no knock against Baltimore. No, it's not. I love Baltimore. I went to school. I went to undergrad in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. But from an entertainment standpoint, outside of the harbor, people really aren't going to, you know, move around Baltimore. No, that's facts. You, you're right. But Cause you, you know, gotta... if you put it in Brooklyn, you put it at the Barclays. Ah, yeah, Center. tours of it. Yeah, I got people you. People from Baltimore, people from PG, Prince George's County, D.C., because to drive up to the fight. Then you also have people from New York. And you have people from mm. Philadelphia, and you have, you know, Tank Davis proved that he was a draw in Atlanta, you know, yeah. in Atlanta. You have people from Atlanta fly up there. And you have the so folks. I, th- I just think yeah. it makes more sense from a business perspective. That does make sense. I mean, I, I, I can't deny that. And then you'll have the, the, just the pure boxing fans who maybe be, who go to Vegas. They'll be up there, too. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, New York does make sense in terms of, like, the touristy. Also, when you like you a fight weekend, you want to be at a place where you can kind of have a good time and then see the fight. Yeah, man. So yeah, you, could true. you imagine that fight in New York during the spring? Oh man, twenty twenty one. It'd be a beast. Or the summer of twenty twenty. Yeah. Or the summer of twenty twenty. It would be like that. Oh my god. But also, would amazing. you? Yeah, but you you would probably want to do that. To be honest, what you would probably want to do that fight when when stuff opens up, though, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, yeah, so you would yeah, wait you, it out. You, you wouldn't. You yeah, wouldn't rush you, it. You would wait. Yeah, mm-hmm. you would have to wait it out. Mm. Yeah, man, that's true. Fact. But the fight with Ryan Garcia, that that that's a great fight. But I think that's a fight that you need to build up. You do, you a do a little bit more. You do. You know, Ryan Garcia is very popular on uh, social, social media. media. He has like six million followers, I believe, yeah. on Instagram. But you got to fight more. Floyd Mayweather. That's probably the most of it, any fighter. Yeah. You but be- you know, he he fights on the zone. Yeah. Be honest. Yeah. People watch. <laughs> That's true, zone. man. You gotta fight more. I mean, you gotta fight. But, but I mean, just like anything, like this was the. I guess this. I guess you know. Yeah, Leo was the best talented Javante has seen. Um, so, I mean, they're both to me are, are like. And Ryan still has. Ryan Garcia has to see more. I agree. Has to see more. 
But it's, it's definitely interesting times, man. Some exciting times. Boxing can go so much, so so many different ways at 135, 130. Like it can go so many different ways right now. So it just there's a lot of big fights that could be that could happen, and hopefully they, and hopefully they do happen. Um, we didn't get a chance to make our week nine NFL picks on, on air, but you can find the picks on football garbage time web on the football garbage time website at www.footballgarbagetime.com. Go ahead, Will. Tell you want to say something. You'll find mine um, posted around 8 p.m. Thursday. <laughs> um, you know, I'm currently in the battle with someone I won't name. <laughs> so I don't want to give him any competitive advantage of oh, picks and, prior and, to <laughs> the world knowing my picks. Again, it's, it's, again, what Will's referring to is part of the Urban Sports Team versus Football Garbage Time Challenge. And Will T, like Will T has mentioned, he's in second place and we're holding it down for the Urban Sports Team. Yeah, I, I, I gained one game. You did, man. One game. I'm, yeah, ha- I'm yeah. walking them down. You're walking them down, bro. you walking walk- them down. This is a heavyweight fight. Yeah. Look. I, I gave I gave up the first four or five rounds. Yeah. Rounds six through twelve, those me. That's your close. Hey, championship five. rounds, bro. The championship yep. rounds. You know I'm rooting for you. You know you talk Absolutely. all that trash. You know I'm rooting for you. It's in the family, bro. <laughs> hey, so certainly I'm now eliminated from the Survivor League. I was going strong, but damn, oh, Denver. you were going strong. Too. Yeah, Denver, Denver, man. That stupid comeback. I had them too. I was hoping that the t- the Buccaneers had upset it uh, with uh, would lose to the Giants. Then everybody would have been eliminated the same day because they all both of them picked the t- both of them picked Tampa over the Giants. That was too oh. easy. I didn't want to do that. But and, like um, Drew Locke had to like ruin my life. You know what I'm saying? Because I had a, a good opportunity to like hold it down and still be in the things. But it's all good. Good luck to y'all, it's folks. Good, man. Yeah, man. I ain't so a loser. Good luck to the folks at Football Garbage Time. <laughs> hey, subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. Just search the Urban Sports Scene. Also, tweet us at Urban Sports Scene and hit us up on our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. And uh, check us out at uh, Sports Journey at SportsJourney.com. Um, yeah, it's a it's election it's election Tuesday. Um, hopefully, we gave y'all that break. You got to listen to sports. You were entertained. You've been blessed. You can bask in our glory. Um, all that good jazz. And also, man, don't sweat up. Don't stay up too late to watch what happens. You hey, ain't, ain't going to change anything. People, at, <laughs> at the end of the day, yes, you know, certain policies can change and affect you on a local level. But at the end of the day, man, you still going to wake up tomorrow. You're going to be incredibly blessed. You'll be thankful for being alive. And you'll still have to provide for yourself and your family and still be a contributing member to society. So, you know, don't let the next uh, 12, 24, 36, 48, or 72 hours, however long it takes for us to, you know, decide on who the next president of the United States is. Don't get in. Don't, you know, don't stress yourself out. Yeah, yeah, man. Sleep. Enjoy life, man. Carpe diem, man. Seize the day. You are. You are, you are uh, extremely blessed. Definitely, all man. of us. All of That's us. Just whoever wins, just just realize and recognize that we have to share. We have to spread happiness and spread peace amongst each other. Definitely, it starts with us. Definitely does start with us. All right, man. We appreciate you. We appreciate you all for listening. You've been listening to the Urban Sports Scene for ages. You did. Deuces. Hey, mega leaders out, big homie. <laughs>